0: Hello and welcome to the two parter of the SpongeBob AI generated episodes. Mm-hmm. Doing a spin off this time. Holy
1: crap. Called the SpongeBob Sea Chronicles.
0: So, for all of you who did not get to listen to the last episode, um please go watch it first, listen to it first. This is a podcast, John. Um in the last Episode we were generating AI made plots for SpongeBob episodes and seeing just how well AI could hold up. Um, it did punch its weight pretty well, to be honest. It did a couple good episodes, but while we were trying to do our third episode, um, it gave us an idea of a full spinoff with a five episode list. Main character. Their roles. Their roles and stuff like that. Plot summaries, settings, settings themes. Uh, um, so,
1: so... like, a full-on, full like, idea. Like, yeah. what you would send into, like, a, uh... What is it called? A director or a company or something like that.
0: Yeah. So, mm-hmm. with all that said, um... We don't think it got it from anywhere. Um... And so this is directly after we were done recording the last episode. We started this one. We're just going to go through it just like we were doing the other episodes. We're going to take shorter looks at the episodes because they're only vague plot synopsis for each of the five that we have. Um, we might, after we look at the five episodes, we might even spitball another one. Who knows? <laughs> Um, let's get right into it. Um, first of all, um, Spongebob Seaside Chronicles. Um, I do like that title. I do do feel like I would definitely wear a shirt. Because there is a lot you could do for logo design with that, obviously. Okay, so the plot summary... Spongebob's Seaside Chronicles takes place in the beautiful and mysterious underwater city of Coralopolis situated far from Bikini Bottom. The series follows Spongebob Squarepants as he embarks on a new adventure leaving his job at the Krusty Crab to become a travel journalist. Wow.
1: Wow, that's crazy. He, he like, because in the episodes of Spongebob, like he gives this like wow. sense of never leaving the crusty crowd. Yeah, like he's in love with. the I mean, crab.
0: first of all, I'm not gonna like throw down this concept. We're very early on into reading what this would like be. This I do like the idea of him doing something else for once. Me too. But let's talk about the implications of this for a second, because. Over the several hundred episodes of Spongebob, there are many where he is fired, forced to take a break.
1: And he still goes back to the Krusty Krab.
0: But notice every time that happens, Krusty Krab fails. Without him. (laughs) So I'm led to believe that if this would happen, there would be be no Krusty Krab. So the Krusty Krab as far as I would be concerned in the background would be a dead business or at least a struggling one. Right.
1: Um, Unless they could find another fry cook in the King that's half as good as Spongebob.
0: Yeah. So I feel like if it wasn't a dead business, it would certainly go pretty far South <laughs> yeah. and be much less profitable. Um, that being said, um, let's continue. In this spinoff, Spongebob's dream is to explore every corner of the vast ocean and share the wonders and stories of different underwater civilizations. Along with his best friend, Patrick, who joins him as the camera operator, they create a vlog-style show that airs on a channel back in Bikini Bottom.
1: Awesome! I kind of like this Okay,
0: concept. so it's kind of travel um, uh, channel-style... Towards bikini bottom.
1: Okay, all right. Um, Main characters.
0: So SpongeBob, as we've talked about,
1: is our beloved, our lovable and optimistic Sponge. Now, as the curious, adventurous, travel journalist,
0: Patrick, best friend and camera operator, although he's not the most competent, his comic relief is priceless. (laughs) Um. In recent SpongeBob, um, I could beg to differ, but right. I mean, it's it's being optimistic. I'm not going to take Sandy that away.
1: Sheeks, a brilliant scientist and inventor who occasionally joins them on their adventures. Awesome! So they even got Sandy in there. Oh. Squidward Tentacles.
0: Now the new manager of the Krusty <laughs> Krab, Squidward provides sarcastic commentary from time to time. Cool. What?
1: Gary, SpongeBob's loyal pet Snell, who is has a secret talent for finding hidden gems and artifacts.
0: Okay, mm-hmm. I'm gonna back up to Squidward. So this confirms at least. Um, by the way, we are not reading ahead, so.
1: So this kind of does confirm. This
0: does confirm that, the, he, uh, that Krusty Krab isn't dead.
1: Right, and it kind of does confirm that he, you know, can uh, finally be happy.
0: I mean, he's the new manager. He,
1: he's still so um, sarcastic.
0: I clever, see though. no mention of Krabs, so I wonder if he, he, if he retired. It. I wonder if he retired.
1: Well, it said that Squidward was the new manager. So,
0: I mean, Maybe remember though, Krusty Krab two in the first movie, SpongeBob was supposed to run the Krusty Krab two at the end. Ah, uh, so I'm. Um, I'm wondering if Krabs is retired. Uh, um, I do think that having, um, Gary be a kind of treasure-finding snail is kind of cool, that is a especially cool one. So, because there is an episode of the main series where there's a magnet in the shell that pulls coins and stuff, right. and it feels kind of like a semi-callback to that. Um... Overall, I think the roles that are in place here are pretty I like nice.
1: because I think they're real, real nice for each
0: character. Um, I'm going to go ahead and kind of, like, go on a bit of a tangent to tell you. I'm hoping if they were to do this, they would make a whole new extra set. Like, you know, the, the fish in the background. Um, you know... All your background characters would need to be scrapped and made new because he's in new locations. you
1: know the problem,
0: though? You can't use old man Jenkins or Fred. Right.
1: (laughs) The problem I have, though, is uh, not with this. It's with the fact that they could have came up with something good like this instead of, like, making a spinoff with Patrick. Uh, Yeah! Even even a chat GPT could come up with a freaking good... (laughs)
0: <laughs> Look, the actual I I am <laughs> all for making this an episode about like ripping Patrick's show a new ass. But, but like we we've got better, be better things to do. <laughs> Look, I am willing to open the soapbox. I am. Not today. <laughs> Just like with the Velma show <laughs> in the short-lived cartoons episode, I'm not doing that
1: right now. <laughs> and we
0: got to get back on topic okay, so, and get to
1: the setting. Um,
0: the setting.
1: And it says...
0: Coralopolis mm-hmm. is a hard thing to say, first of
1: all. Coralopolis is an underwater city with advanced technology, bustling markets, and diverse sea creatures from different backgrounds and cultures. Each episode can take SpongeBob and Patrick to a new location, whether it's an ancient sunken temple, a magical kelp forest, or a bustling metropolis.
0: You see, now, I do like the idea of having a big Odyssey style adventure for SpongeBob. Mm-hmm. I do right. think, I do love seeing kind of your new backgrounds in a SpongeBob I was, episode. I
1: think it gives it like a. I don't know, I think it it gives it a, gives it a, a worldly new kind feel. Of like Fill
0: to it. Yeah, the new, like I said, worldly is the one. Because you can you know, see more
1: of like the ocean. Yeah. Than just bikini
0: bar. Now I will say, since it's trying to just be so diverse, one thing is it's got to be a little careful, right? To not be offensive while being diverse, because cartoons do tend to oversimplify. Yeah. Like we want to make sure that nothing mirrors the real world. Like, I wouldn't want to be the one to go into what I'm saying, but I think right. we all know what I'm we saying to here. Say, though, said. Yeah, like, it's, it's kind of those things like, we don't want to, I guess I'll just use an example here, is we don't want to have a Chinatown-style place in Spongebob That's so oversimplified to be in a cartoon that it becomes a little offensive. Right. They would have to come up with completely original country style things and new traditions and stuff. Because if you don't, you end up alienating your audience. And I do think that's actually a problem. Right. Um, I do like the idea of there being a new setting each time because, again, that's kind of the concept of this whole show. <laughs> but again, it's a thin line that we have to walk right. if they would do that. Okay. And I thought that was worth mentioning. This is probably where we're going to spend the majority of our run time is the here episodes. in the episodes because I'd like to expand each of the episode ideas if we can. Right. Um... The first one, I actually already know one thing I want to do with this episode that I'll get into here in a second.
1: And it is called the Kelp Forest Enigma.
0: So, Spongebob and Patrick explore a dense kelp forest with strange and wondrous creatures. They must uncover the mystery behind the forest's guardian to reveal its secrets.
1: Um, I like that. It's kind of cute. Yes.
0: As much as I don't want to kind of blow the concept I have all at once... It's kind of hard not to. Right. But you know who I think should be, like, the guardian? Who? Mystery. The seahorse. (gasps) Seahorse, that
1: would be so Yeah, because
0: it's a kelp forest. Right. She did canonically go away. Um, She came from a kelp forest, didn't she? And maybe she could be, like... Because, I mean... Kelp seems like it's something a seahorse would eat in the world of Spongebob. We never got any kind of confirmation on that. Right. But maybe that's where seahorses could roam. And maybe a few other fantastical fish. Um, Right. And so that's kind of my concept for who I think the Forest Guardian should be done. That way we can kind of get a little callback back back to classic Spongebob that... It seems like modern Spongebob writers like to do. Right. But kind of give us context as to where certain characters went. Right. There is a lot of one-off characters in Spongebob that I do think I am still curious after all these years where they went. And I do like that being where mystery went. Right.
1: Um, Number two. The cursed
0: look. So... I'm trying to think of anything else about the kelp forest oh, okay. enigma. So, honestly, the kelp forest enigma is actually something I feel like would be elevated mostly by visuals. You know, like, they could kind of go on sort of an Easter egg style hunt, or maybe even like a scavenger style Um, here's a clue to the next clue. Kind of plot line I do think that's how the Kelp Forest Enigma might work best.
1: Or maybe they
0: could find like a uh, ancient relic. Oh, and like it's a piece of something else right, that yes. they find at the end, mm-hmm. and that's maybe where mystery is, yes. is alongside that bigger thing. Mm-hmm. I think that's about how we'd have to do something like that. Just to keep that mystique about some uh, the whole episode. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, Kelp Forest Enigma is one of those that kind of write itself too much to really say much about, Bye. though. Mm-hmm. So, The Cursed Lagoon, episode 2. duo discovers a lagoon rumored to be cursed. With the help of Sandy's scientific gadgets... To investigate the source of the supposed curse. Oh, um, maybe it,
1: the curse can be uh, from a uh, what's his name? Uh, he flies up in the sky. Oh, the flying, yes, Dutchman. The flying Dutchman. Yeah. Maybe okay. He the because uh because the people made him mad. By
0: oh, to you to know what? Again. Maybe, maybe, maybe mm-hmm. the reason it's cursed is because his old crew threw him overboard in a mutiny, and that's how he died.
1: Yes, and he cursed it because of that.
0: And that's why he cursed it, and there is a cursed gold chest down at the bottom. And so, at the end of the episode, for the actual, like, vlog-style thing they're doing, they get to interview the Flying Dutchman about his origins.
1: And then it becomes uncursed.
0: Then... He forgives. All right. That
1: sounds
0: See, I I kind of awesome. love that. Actually. Um, it kind of that kind of reminds me of Shanghai in a lot of ways in concept, but I think it's kind of like a reverse version of Shanghai. Because um, right. in that one, that's the one with the perfume department gag, right. and <laughs> them becoming um uh, like Miss the uh, Flying oh. Dutchman's. Uh, crew. Oh, yeah,
1: that
0: one. Yeah. And I think um, Squidward gets thrown into that dimensional riff yes. with all those really <laughs> creepy things. That's really cool. Oh, man. I'm, I'm into this. I'm into this. I feel like The Curse of Lagoon would yeah. have to be full of slapstick. Unlike the last one where, you know, like your physical comedy. Oh, yeah. Because um, I feel like with the last one, the mystery is enough yeah. to carry it as an episode at the Kelvin Forest Enigma.
1: Plus with this one, I feel like uh, if it didn't have some more, like, different comedy in there, it yeah. might make it a little too serious.
0: Yeah, because I feel like it could be a very lame thing just to have a oh-woe-is-me episode for the Flying Dutchman. Right. Because he's too confident... And too upbeat to really be a woe is me guy. I have to make it where, like, a, they can't
1: touch the water either. Because something funny happens. If
0: they do. <laughs> maybe just I was in a gag out of nowhere, right? Just someone tries to swim in it. Like, just, you know. Patrick. Not Patrick. I'm talking, oh. like, maybe some kind of, like, oh, background you know, background character. character. <laughs> tries to swim in it and gets attacked by a massive rubber duck that just comes out of nowhere or something like that. You know, like it turns something.
1: Into a huge bubble
0: away. Yeah. It's something like, Silly that like that is horrifying, but it is in the dumbest way possible. <laughs> you know, it can't be something cause it is still a SpongeBob property. It can't be anything right. gory or anything, but I feel like it has to be ridiculous.
1: <laughs> like the two we just said.
0: I mean, stupid Flying Dutchman has the perfumed apartment <laughs> and wears a sock on his tail every once in a while. So, I mean, we already know that the Flying Dutchman may be a little, like, mean and all, but he's not the worst dude
1: at I do like the Flying Dutchman. Though,
0: he's great. Um, number three, A Tale of Two Kingdoms. Spongebob and Patrick get caught up in the rivalry between two Underwater Kingdoms, trying to bring peace and understanding between the feuding leaders. (gasps) Alright, so... Reading a tale of two kingdoms... kind of puts me in the idea of an old Spongebob episode that I don't even know which season this is from. I'm not even going to attempt to remember. But in this episode... There was a bunch of people reenacting civil wars, kind of, and Spongebob and Patrick do a clean and dirty battle. Now, what if this was actually them fighting about clean and dirty, like a (laughs) full-on actual war about it? That somehow that old episode had begun. And so that would be a really cool callback right off the bat. And it could be kind of um, Capulets and Montague's Romeo and Juliet-type fight.
1: Ooh, and throw in a part where, like, uh, they also are feuding because their son are the son of the one and the daughter of the other.
0: That's what himself. I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> um, but not only that, maybe it's not a love thing. Maybe it's that it's those two... <laughs> Are like jealous of the dirty one being clean and the clean one being dirty, <laughs> so they constantly like have the dirty one clean, get cleaned up, while the dirty one like gets the clean one dirty, so that way they can have it their way. Right, <laughs> and so like whenever their actual sides see what they're doing, they get real pissed off at I them. I think that they're actually in love, but they're not. Yeah. And they're just like, it's not that deep. I just don't want to be clean. Yeah, and I don't want to be dirty. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That to be funny. <laughs> um, meanwhile, I do think that as much as I don't like the annoying Spongebob and Patrick angle. Yeah. I feel like their best role would be to make it worse. Yes. By complete <laughs> accident, they're trying to help. And they make it but they do make it worse. By trying to show the dirty side how fun Bubbles are to play with, which cleans them.
1: And show the other side.
0: How fun it is to dig holes, maybe, like Patrick tried to teach him right. to dig holes, but that gets the clean side dirty, and that makes them pissed. <laughs> <laughs> and then
1: they declare war on Spongebob Patrick.
0: Yeah, then they get ran right out of town, which leads into number four. DC masquerade
1: they stumble upon an underwater masquerade ball where they must find hidden treasure and uncover the identities of mysterious attendees
0: ooh first of all they have to, I do love the masquerade ball as an entire concept I love any kind of media with a masquerade ball immediately gets a point for me um, especially rom-coms. I mean, if I'm being honest. Um, I'm a little sucker for romance, Me okay? <laughs> Sorry. Um, just as you guys figured out in episode mm-hmm. one, I got a soft spot. <laughs> um, but the sea masquerade, um, I feel like it should start with Sandy giving them Kind of a mission to try to figure out who somebody is. Give right. them a motivation. Try to
1: like and, it, says, and she for it
0: identities of mysterious attendees, but I think they should be just trying to get one. I do think that's one thing I will kind of veto. Instead of multiple people, they're trying to figure out what one person is. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have. Only like the look of his mask is all they know so far when they get to the dance. Mm-hmm. Um obviously we'd have to put either SpongeBob or Patrick in a dress <laughs> and the other in a tux. And make it wear, like, their, their
1: their dancing. where
0: like they're the hit on by people the masquerade. Yeah, ball. kinda like the episode um, where Patrick dresses up as a girl yes. <laughs> and everyone thinks he was pretty. <laughs> Maybe even, like, use that exact, like, maybe Patrick could be that exact female from that episode, but, like with, but a, with a dress, dress, because I think it would be kind of funny. <laughs> and maybe just, like, in one scene, a guy could hit on him, and he'd be like, you know, in a girl voice, oh no, no, I'm not interested, I've got one already. <laughs> And then he tries a few more times. Then Patrick finally uses a real voice and goes, Beat it, Mac," <laughs> be
1: and that would like
0: make the other guy run all... <laughs> off. <be> <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh gosh! Um, this is fun.
0: Obviously, there would be just so much chaos we could cause <laughs> at a masquerade ball with SpongeBob and Patrick. I think if we sat here, we could come up with infinite jokes. Like
1: like we just did.
0: <laughs> like a stupid one where maybe Spongebob... Oh, you know what we oh, need to do with Spongebob? I... <laughs> Since we're bringing a call back for, with Patrick, Spongebob has to wear the tux from the prom episode.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: And he has to wear the wig. I wouldn't <laughs> say the
1: stilts, though. The stilts <laughs> kind of messed <laughs> up everything. <laughs>
0: Well, they were the cause, so he would obviously remember doing that. Oh, you so you wouldn't what? take the stilts. You,
1: you can make it. They could also make it where, like the the treasure that they get for doing it is a uh, ice cream from that place that they like.
0: Oh, from Gooby goo yes. from Goofy Goombers. They get one for Maybe <laughs> like there is another um, uh, like restaurant in the chain somewhere in that city. Right.
1: And they get one
0: free ice cream if they do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, That's what Sandy's, like, thank you present will be for them helping her out. <laughs> um, That's awesome. That's awesome. I like that. Ooh. Okay. Um, Robotopia. Oh, gosh. <laughs> this, okay, I'm going to preface this before we read this. This is probably the shortest prompt we have. Right. I haven't read it yet. Let's just hope it gives us something, because it looks awful short. Enter encounter a city entirely ha- inhabited by robots and must blend in to avoid suspicion while learning the robot's part- peculiar way of life.
1: You know what they could do with that? Actually, there is. I just thought of something really good. What's that. And that is they could actually make it where they have to blend in because the robots actually do not like humans. Mm. Or like because the robots are suspicious of humans or something like that.
0: Yeah, I could see that working. I'm trying to think of how we could kind of cuz the the main kind of takeaway that I think we should be focusing on in this episode cuz that That kind of writes itself as an episode. You know, Mm -hmm. they go around a robot city. That's kind of a good episode concept on its own. Uh. What I think we should really be focusing on, I think you're right on that. They should have to blend in because there's consequences if they don't. Um, We need to think of how the robots live. Like, Mm -hmm. maybe they have tin underwear... So they have to, like... So
1: they have to, like, literally paint their stuff, like, the color.
0: Yeah, so they have to, like, paint the underwear white.
1: And paint their, like, skin silver.
0: Yeah. Um... (laughs) Every once in a while, they'll obviously go and drink oil from an oil bar. And go, beep, boop. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe they, like, get some, um like some kind of remote that beeps or boops when he, when they press a button uh, that way it's more authentic you know sounding cool,
1: like thing though it, they can make it where like they've been acting like robots so long like the like the other episodes like m- mimicry madness and they think uh, they're robots
0: <laughs> yeah like maybe this is one where they could like for the last like quarter of the episode They could be back at Bikini Bottom for a quick visit. And And they think they're robots. And, like, during the press conference, because they are doing a TV show. Right. Maybe they're there to, like, promote the TV show, answer questions, but they can't stop talking like robots now. (laughs) (laughs) That would be really fun, I think. That would be awesome. Oh, man. So... Those are the five episodes it gave us. Um, Honestly, I was thinking about doing another episode, but I think these five are very, very good start to the series. We haven't heard the themes yet. So, the themes. The series focuses on exploration, friendship, cultural diversity, we'll get back to that, and and environmental environmental awareness. awareness. Each episode Um, teaches values.
1: Valuable lessons about
0: acceptance, acceptance. empathy, and the importance of preserving the ocean's beauty. I like that. (sighs) Two things about the themes. I do think this is a very important theme. I think they're right on the nose on what it needs to kind of focus on. But cultural diversity, it's like I said, it's like I said before. They can't base it on real cultures. Um, I want to reiterate that because I do really think with cartoons, it's kind of going to be hard with a SpongeBob-style script to not oversimplify things Mm -hmm. to being at the point of insulting. Um, I wanted to reiterate that heavily because... I do think Spongebob does not have high enough writing to fix something like that. But one thing is, preserving the ocean's beauty. Is a really good one. Now, this is a good one. But they may have to put some stuff in Robotopia, like make them all show that they recycle heavily in the robot town and stuff because oh, i, cause, I mean robots,
1: they have to make them waterproof as
0: well? yeah but the big thing is robots would make a lot of waste yeah. and so they would have to
1: make them,
0: like, recycle and they would like have that. to either do recycling that would be a kind of way to show that in the robot thing I also think they should explain their energy source and make it some kind of clean energy source that we could find right. underwater. Like maybe the robots get their charges out of underwater geysers or something.
1: Because oh, that would
0: be awesome. We can't just have them powered by gas. I mean,
1: that that's just s- ludicrous. Yeah, that would suck.
0: Because that would actually just be—I—I I will revoke the oil drinking joke from earlier for this yeah. reason, because I do feel like if it wants to be like, aware, right. we can't have that. Um, with Spongebob De- Seaside Chronicles, no. we delve deeper into the vast ocean's uncharted territories, meeting fascinating new characters and uncovering the hidden wonders of the underwater world. The spinoff retains the humor and charm of the original series, while luring fresh narratives and settings. I like that. So, okay.
1: I did like it. First of all, we should keep all that, by the
0: way. We are definitely keeping this, um, we actually have a quick show note from the last episode before I say the next section. We could not, for the life of us, remember to grab the second, uh, like the bubble treasure concept down on text. So. So maybe sometime I'll get some kind of text typed up, but kind of don't hold your breath on it. It is very hard to type from uh, from voice, so that might be Ixnade for the moment. Right. Sorry um we did try guys. to remember. And go. Um but we do have the entirety of the first AI generated concept and this whole spin-off in text. Oh, that spin-off was awesome. So I love it. <laughs> first of all, strong spinoff. Um, I do think it's really good how it kind of I mean, we even had a question about the Krusty Crab, then like two minutes later we read the explanation for what would happen to the Krusty Crab. It's thought of everything. <laughs> um, So, considering... Okay. This is going to be a hard one. Now, considering the add-ons we did to each of the episode, which one is your favorite? I mean, all five of these um, are good. Wait, we the episodes? Yeah, which one is your favorite? Um, um, mine would have
1: to be the...
0: Curse Lagoon. Curse Lagoon, I mean, it is and a the pirate DC thing. Yeah. Those two. I think those two are great. Kelp Forest Enigma is probably my favorite due to the callbacks that we came up with. And I also do kind of like A Tale of Two Kingdoms myself.
1: It's kind of cute, too. I don't know. It's so hard to pick a favorite. Because there's so many good I ones. I think
0: the weakest is Robotopia. Yeah. But that's no surprise, because like I said, it does have the shortest prompt, giving us less to work with.
1: Even though this has nothing to do with it, they should make an episode where, like, SpongeBob and Patrick move over by the Krusty Krab. They did. To, to make uh, Mr. Krabs more money.
0: They did. What? Yeah. There's an episode where I'm, uh...
1: I've never seen where he that. does that. I didn't see that
0: now. <laughs> it's a pretty late season episode. Um, I might have to look it up and tell you which one it was. Um, overall, I I absolutely love this unapologetically. <laughs> I think Seaside Chronicles is something I'd love to see a style right. like this. Obviously, Nick would never do something like this. Exactly the way we have it, but is it bad that I want this? I mean, it's so Someone good. It, it's so good.
1: They could literally put
0: that
1: they don't own the
0: rights to it. Yeah, just have it a parody almost. Yeah.
1: Right.
0: Um. Either way. Um. Uh, that has been SpongeBob Seaside Chronicles. Um. Please tell us what you think of. How you would write the first five episodes, kind of like we, you know, we kind of came up with some extra things for each episode. Tell us what you think you would do, um, wherever you're listening to this, or, you know, comment somewhere. Um, And
1: listen in for more.
0: Thank you all so much for coming to the first two-parter. By the way, I realize we have never done an episode in the same style as the last yet. Each of the episodes have been something different so far. It's not going to be like that forever, we promise. Um, it's just that we had so many good ideas. And this two-parter kind of wasn't really our idea so much as it was the AI's idea. Did we just kind of <laughs> And we just, it on it more. We just was like, we're too late in the episode to do this. But we have to do this now. I mean... What can you do? Either way, thank you guys for coming on by. My name is Ben John, the Nerdy. That has been Brit the Beautiful. <laughs> and we'll catch you in the next one.